Good. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts across the country to say what to find out what it really takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Joining me today, Siobhan Olivero. And if anybody can't pronounce your name from reading it, I don't blame them, I guess, because it took me a long time and I could have to write it out. And I hope I got it right this time. You did. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So uh, Siobhan joins us all the way from the Tampa St. Pete area in Brandon. Yep. All right. Nailed it. As a uh, trial lawyer practicing high-level criminal defense and family law and divorce in Florida. She's also a certified divorce coach, setting her firm apart from others in the area of bringing a coaching piece to her law practice to help her firm's clients through the emotional aspects of divorce. As an experienced trial attorney, business owner, adjunct professor, mentor, coach, speaker, mother, and just genuinely awesome person, Siobhan's a powerhouse in the industry. She brings her unique perspective and experiences into her speaking, her mentoring, and her coaching programs. In addition to delivering persuasive arguments to juries, she's delivered presentations at schools, business conferences, leadership conferences, legal seminars, classrooms, workshops, you name it. With the powerful tools delivered through her presentations and coaching, Siobhan wants to help and inspire her audience and clients to be the best people they can be so that they can lead a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life. As you all know, that speaks deep into my heart. She's been featured on both national and local TV, as well as local news publications in the Tampa area. Siobhan, thank you so much for joining us today. Ah, oh, Thanks for having me, Jordan. So today we're going to talk about ecosystem merging and doing collaborative speaking engagements to help grow your network. But before we dive into that, um, our last episode was a 2020 recap. So our best of, highly suggest check it out. You will see the show evolve over time as well as hear the best or at least our favorite insight from a bunch of our guests who have graced our stage so far. And then uh, with that, Siobhan, what did I, what did I miss? What, what more? Tell us more about your story. Tell you more about my story. I don't, I don't know if you missed anything that, that pretty much covered everything that I do. Um, Good, I'm glad. So I was a paralegal for 10 years before I went to law school. Um, so I've been in the legal industry just over 20 years total. I've been an attorney over 10. Um, I went to law school as a single mom. And uh, my son was six years old when I went to law school. He's now 20. You saw him right before we went live. And um, so I went to law school as a single mom. My son was six years old. And um, that's one of the reasons, too, that I chose to bring in the, the certified divorce coaching into the family law side of it, too, was um, because I, I've been through divorce and I went to law school as a single mom. And so I really want to help people also see that you know, the things that you're going through in life, because, you know, the other piece of my my practice is criminal defense. And so both of those things are too highly stressful, highly, you know, overwhelming and, and areas of your life. But, you know, but especially for divorce, that it can be a beginning and it's not an ending. And it's just, you know, there there's there's something more that you can do with your life as long as you focus forward and see it as a beginning. And I always love the the stories that you tell between like the attorney side and the coaching side and how that sort of changed you as a person. So can you give everybody insight? Because I think a lot of more attorneys I can foresee in the future, adding some of that coaching side, getting some of those certifications to better understand their clients' plights. I, yeah. So um, I will say that, you know, becoming a certified coach has actually helped me to become a better attorney and not 
and I don't mean a better attorney so far as like in the courtroom, because it doesn't necessarily change what I do in the courtroom. I just mean a better attorney for my clients that are sitting in front of me to be a better listener for them. A, you know, and what I, what's, what I always tell people is it's so funny, you know, is that for, you know, for, you know, what, eight, eight years before I became a certified divorce coach, you know, my client sitting across from me, I always told them like, no, I am your non-emotional piece, right? I'm not here to coddle you. I'm not here to hold your hand. I'm not here to be your shoulder to cry on. I'm your non-emotional piece to this part. And so I'm going to get you from A to Z and get you divorced. And, you know, that worked for a lot of people, but some people needed a softer, a softer fill for that. And so it, what's funny is when I was getting my, my coaching certification and, and the divorce coaching, my mentor kept telling me, you know, you're, you're great at coaching and you've got the coaching pieces down, but I really need to see more, you know, empathy, be that handholder and that shoulder for them to cry on and, you know, and coddle them a little bit. And I just lost it. And I started cracking up in that session. And she's just like, what? I'm like, you have to understand that for 10 years, I've told people that's what I'm not. So, you know, it's, it's kind of flipping into this personality that, that I know I have, but that I've suppressed in 10 years of my, you know, of my career to really bring that empathetic and compassionate side. And I've always had that empathy and compassion, but I've always been just like, nope, we're going to look at this from, you know, A to Z. And so what's great then is that now I can tell clients and look at them to go, okay, right now I'm going to give you the lawyer hat and we're going to talk about this from a non-emotional side from A to Z. And then I'm going to put on a coaching hat and we're going to walk through what those emotions are. And let's talk through that and let's really work through those things. So being able to actually bring that into them now and help them work through the emotional side of that, right? You know, why, why do you want to keep the house so much? right? Because that's the emotional aspect of it. And sentimental value doesn't pay the mortgage. So we've got to work through that and really figure out, you know, what does that mean to you? And then what obstacles are there? And, and what can we do to, what other options do we have? And what can we do to work through those things? <clears throat> so I, I guess my question is, do you think that the getting, well, I guess, let me start here. Do you think that everybody who does family law should become certified? Or if not, what are the sort of people or the situations or feelings the attorney should have that lets them know like, hey, this may be a good thing for me to add to my repertoire? Um, I mean, I, I think it's certainly a benefit if somebody chooses to get certified to be able to bring that in and, and have that extra piece to, to add in for your clients. But coaching, not everybody's a good coach, right? And coaching's not not for everybody. So um, and I can, you know, I can tell you that, you know, it, for my personal clients, I bring in both pieces, right? But if somebody comes to me strictly for coaching, um, then I, I am solely a coach. And, and I tell clients that I am not a lawyer, I won't give you legal advice. I mean, I am a lawyer, but I'm not going to give you legal advice. I'm not your lawyer. And I'm not going to give you a second opinion to what your lawyer tells you. I am strictly a coach. And I do that for one of two reasons. One, I don't want to cross those lines. But two, you know, I, I want other lawyers to know that you can send your clients to me and I'm not here to poach your family law clients, right? I'm literally here as so what I, I'm here as a coach to make them a better client for you. Right. So that they're not sitting in your office for four hours crying and you're trying to work through that while you're trying to work through their divorce. Like I can work through those emotions with them. So they come to you in shorter sessions, already knowing what they need to know, what questions they have and what they want. And you know, and what they need to go over with you as the attorney. And so that, and, but that also helps me in, in my own practice with my own clients, right? Because I, I tend to have much better meetings now with my clients as I'm able to 
work through those issues with them. And then we're also able to have a strategy session once we work through those issues. All right, so um, I wanna dive into the nitty gritty, but before I do that, I wanna highlight something that you wrote before we settled on this being the topic, which I just love. Okay. So um, for those of you that don't know, before this show, we sent our guests, I don't know, half a dozen questions or so just to sort of get the creative juices flowing. So the uh, most important advice from Siobhan was don't do it alone. No matter what it is that you want to do, you're not alone. No one has to go through anything alone. There are people that do believe in coaching, mentoring, guiding, helping others, find a good mentor or coach. Uh, obviously, she can talk more about that. Uh, and so it was interesting that from that, that became, you know, let's talk about this ecosystem merger. Let's talk about doing these collaborative discussions. And because I think a lot of people look at the don't go it alone from the business side, but there's also the don't go it alone from the marketing side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, tell us a little bit more about what we're, what we're going to talk about for the rest of this conversation. Yeah. So over the rest of the conversation, we were talking about ecosystem merging and then collaborative speaking engagements. And so yet to follow that up on the don't do it alone, I think we as business owners get into a very lonely world sometimes, right? Because we get so bogged down in our business and, and if things aren't going right, I think we get to a point where we're afraid to share that, which is why I've started doing a lot of the lives and speaking engagements and things that I do on businesses and helping business owners, because it's like, look, you're not alone. We've all made mistakes. We all have tough times. We all have tough weeks. We all have tough months and it's okay. Reach out to people because we all go through it and to collaborate and to be able to have other people that can help you work through those times, get you out of your own head. I mean, that's what coaching is all about, right? Getting you out of your head and helping you look at what you need to overcome and what you need to do. So that is, don't do it alone. Nothing, nothing in life we should be able to do alone. There's always somebody that we can rely on. Personal side, business side, relationship, there's always somebody that you can rely on. So don't do, don't really like do anything in life alone. But that tangent aside, then what we were talking about is ecosystem merging and collaborative speaking engagements. And so what I mean by ecosystem merging, and this is terminology that came to me through a program that I'm in, right? And obviously I am a firm believer in coaching. And as a coach, I believe that you're a better coach when you have a coach. So I have coaches and I have multiple coaches. Um, and that came from my coach, Sean Callagay, through the program that, that I'm in called Unblinded. And it's just language that he uses when we're talking about ecosystem merging. And you think about ecosystem into its most general form, an ecosystem is just a group of things, a group of organisms, a group of people, a group of things working together in some common goal. So <clears throat> then when we're looking at people, like right now, the three of us on this call are an ecosystem, right? And the people that we're going live to, that's an ecosystem that we're in. And like bar associations or chambers of commerce, your college class, you know, all of those things are just ecosystems of people. And so what you want to do if when you're looking at business growth and you're looking at collaboration is find somebody else who has some ecosystem. And it's preferably an ecosystem that you want to get in front of. So, you know, Jordan and I do many things together because we have, I've got a base of ecosystem and, you know, people in my network of people that he wants to get in front of. And he's got people in his network and his ecosystem that I want to get in front of. And so what we've decided to do is we have come together as and done an ecosystem merger, right? We have partnered together. And then what that looks like then leads to the next thing, which is for us, those collaborative speaking engagements, right? So I'm gonna get on his speaking platform and he's gonna get on my speaking platforms. And at some point, or we're going to create one together, which we've done, which I think we're gonna talk about here in a minute that we've created together as well to get in front of each other's ecosystems 
so that I can bring value to his, he can bring value to mine. And that is how you get explosive growth into your business because you're getting in front of more people at one time and bringing that value as opposed to like one-on-one -on -one networking where you're speaking to one person at a time. And it's gonna take you a heck of a lot longer to grow and scale your business meeting with one person at a time as opposed to creating valued speaking engagements and speaking platforms with somebody else so that you can then double or triple the amount of people that you're in front of at one time. You're muted. Thanks. The Sorry. catchphrase of 2020 and 2021. Yeah. No, so they are, uh, they're doing, so they're doing construction literally everywhere around my office. I have to take like four different ways to work now, but um, they were drilling right next to <laughs> me uh, before. Anyway, so when we're talking about the ecosystem merging, if that's not in the form of the collaborative speaking engagements, what are some other ways to merge ecosystems that are different? Well, it can be pretty much anything that you need. Maybe you need somebody to invest in your business, right? So you're looking at forming an ecosystem merger or a partnership with an investor. Um, I am, you know, forming an ecosystem merger with another law firm where I'm becoming of counsel to them to, um, you know, bring something that they do in another state down here to Florida that's not done. And, you know, so we are merging ecosystems in the space of, you know, a law firm and doing and merging just as of counsel that could ultimately turn into a different ecosystem merger and go different ways. But ecosystem merging is just partnering with somebody else for whatever that looks like for you and where that leads. In the course of generally just kind of growing and expanding your business, we look at it more in terms of collaborative speaking engagements. Um, you know, I bring people to mine, you bring people, you I bring people, you bring people and and we grow it from there. But it really could be anything that you need. Like so partnerships and business investments. Um, I don't know, that's the two things that come to my head right off the top, but you know, you, you kind of can see where it's going from there. So uh, makes makes perfect sense. So I mean, like, I guess let me phrase the question this way. Obviously, like, I would love to have Gary V on this show. But I don't know that Gary V cares to come on the show. So when it comes to merging those ecosystems, you know, is it okay if you have a power imbalance? Or do you need to get people that are similarly situated have similar influence i don't even know what the right wording is well i think that looking at things as a power imbalance is almost kind of a limiting belief that you're looking at so okay um because you have to start to look at it of what do i have is there value that i can bring for instance if you're going to go say on for gary v is there value that i can bring to gary v's audience right? It's about a value shift, not about the amount of followers that each other has, right? It's about the value that you can bring in that partnership. Makes perfect sense. I love that. What a good, good, subtle mindset shift, but obviously it does change the, uh, the viewpoint there. And so what are, you know, are there best practices to create those eco these ecosystem mergers, you know, before it gets to the actual collaborative speaking engagement or partnership or what else? I mean, what, what advice do you have for people in finding other ecosystems to potentially merge with? Well, I think that first you need to know what, what the point of that collaboration is, right? So, and sometimes maybe, I think sometimes maybe it's just the two of you getting together to go, we, we know we want to partner, but we don't know what that looks like yet. And let's brainstorm what that looks like. And that's so perfectly okay to do. But when you do that, you need to know what the outcome is for that partnership, for what that agreement is, whether that's a speaking engagement or an investment or, you know, merging businesses, whatever that is. But you need to know what the ultimate outcome is. And so 
if I look at it in terms of a speaking engagement, and it's exactly kind of like what you and I did, Jordan, it's what is our outcome? Who's my avatar? Who's your avatar? Are they, is, are they mixing well? And it, does my base have people that you want to get in front of? And do I have your avatar? Or do I have the people that service your avatar? More importantly, right? I think that's almost more important than me being in front of your, the right avatar, right? And can I, does your ecosystem include the right referral sources that do business with my avatar? Right, because that can even be an, an even bigger thing. And then from there, somebody could see that, oh, maybe I want to do a speaking engagement with maybe somebody watching this could be like, oh my God, I want to do a speaking engagement with her. Or somebody watching from my end can be like, Jordan would be amazing to have onto my program. Right. So then we're just building that collaboration out. And then, of course, if somebody sees what we do, then they can call us up to, you know, talk to us about doing business as well. So. So from that lawyer perspective, I mean, obviously, I think there are some that jump out immediately. You know, your estate planning attorneys with your financial professionals, your real estate attorneys with mortgage brokers and realtors, whatnot, you know, for you from the family law perspective and or from the criminal perspective, I mean, who are some of those best referral sources, centers of influence, ecosystem, you know, referral partners, whatever it is that you want to call them that make the most sense for people who practice the areas of law that you practice? From the, well, we'll focus on the family law standpoint because criminal is so, as you know, from having previously done it, it's, it's, there's not really an, like it, people, many people don't go out in the public and be like, oh my God, I'm charged with, you know, the significant felony, right? So those come to you from some very pretty discreet ways sometimes, or uh, most of my stuff is actually court appointed because I, I do the higher level um, felonies for criminal defense. But um, so from the family law perspective, for me, the, the best referral sources are the licensed professionals. So real estate agents, financial planners, accountants, other attorneys, attorneys, any other practice attorneys. I actually have other family law attorneys that refer me stuff because I do the entire spectrum of family law. So when I what I mean by that is that I do injunctions and not every family law attorney does injunctions but i do injunctions for against domestic violence and stalking or any of those i also handle the criminal side of it right so if they have a domestic violence charge against them and if they're going through the divorce or the paternity action or any of that so i can handle the full spectrum so i get many family law attorneys that refer something that has like that full spectrum to me because it's best, better to have one attorney handling all of that than to get three different attorneys for these things so um so it's those licensed professionals are great referral sources and, and other people to look at. But I'm, I'm also an advocate of don't just focus in those things because some of my best ecosystem mergers and collaborative speaking engagements and even some of my best referral sources have come from places that I wouldn't have thought of and people that I, I wouldn't have put as like in that in that type of, you know, I want to put them in the box, right? They, they were from outside the box. so. So then is there, obviously, so the common thread is not, you know, their job or something like that, but is there a common thread between those people that have come out, turned out to be great referral sources? Are they better speakers? Are they more connected? Is it just happenstance? I mean, what have you found to be super helpful from that perspective? I think they're more connected and business owners, right? So even if they're not licensed business professional business owner, when I say the licensed, of course, I mean like the attorneys and the accountants and the people that need specific licenses to practice. 
Um, but even just, you know, a general business owner that is connect well connected into the community is another great partnership to have because they know a lot of people. They're a great ecosystem to be involved in. Excuse me, makes perfect sense. So as we move from the sort of what is that merger look like, how to find them into some more of the nuts and bolts of doing that, anything else you want to add on that sort of mindset search side of it? Um, it's really, I mean, just, it's really just reaching out and going through. And I know when I first started, it was like, where do you start? I don't know that I don't have anybody. And for me, it was also getting past that mindset shift of, I don't have anything valuable to say, right. To bring to these partnerships, but really that's not true. Right. So that was getting out of that limiting belief and getting out of my head because I do have value. And so if that is where you're at right now for anybody watching that you're just like, well, that that sounds great, but I'm just starting and I've had only I've only had a business for three months, but you have life experience behind you for all of that time and you have something valuable to say that you can bring into that partnership. So, you know, it, it's interesting that you phrase it that way, because I know we always have that. Not, maybe it's imposter syndrome. You know, maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe it's that unequal balance I was talking about before. <laughs> But the longer that I do this, the more I've found that 99% of the time, like the guest is just as happy to be on as you are to have the guest or vice versa. Like, you know, I've gone on podcasts where like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, you know, I was hard up for a guest. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe so-and-so wants to interview me, you know, and I hope the feelings, uh, you know, somewhat mutual because it's interesting to see how much... I guess, mutual appreciation you get from being a guest and having a guest. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now I want to switch into those actual, you know, whether it's writing blog posts for each other, whether it's going on each other's podcast, whether it's doing a clubhouse room or something together, you know, any tips, tricks, best practices about the actual, uh, I guess, event itself? Uh, just pick a date and do it. I love that. Yeah, people get, the, uh, people get too stuck in the let's get on the phone and plan and plan and plan and plan and plan. And six months later, you don't have anything done. It's just pick a date and do it. And you get better at it and you change your processes and you work with it as you go through it. Right. But if it's if it's a one off like webinar that you're doing, I think you pick a date and then you've got a date on the calendar that you need. And then it's what's the goal? OK, so like let's say, Jordan, you and I are going to do like a one time webinar on, you know, whatever. You know, and we're going to be like, okay, it's in 30 days from now. Great. Our outcome is that you're going to bring 10 people and I'm going to bring 10 people. Great. What's the next outcome? Your marketing team is going to put out this piece and I'm going to put out this piece. And that's what we're going to do to promote it. And so, but it's just to pick a date and have it there and then build everything else and up through that date. So in essence, you're sort of working backwards from the deadline, if you will, yeah. would be the event. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Cause I always, I always think it's funny. Like you get the expression, uh, you know, good gets in the way of great. But then I always think great gets in the way of getting anything done. And so mm -hmm. I just, I love that your advice was get it set. And obviously, yeah, uh, you know, you walk the walk. We've been doing the, I guess we did, we've done one clubhouse chat so far. We'll do another one this Thursday. And really it was like, all right, does Thursday at 530 Eastern work for your calendar? Yes. Great. It's booked. Uh, you know, I got a meeting next week, so we'll do it two weeks out. And, you know, we've, uh, we've been able to get, you know, quite a bit of people and have some fun at at least the first one. We'll see what goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a long time and a lot of coaching to get out of, I think, especially if it's a lot of attorneys that are watching to get out of that perfectionist mindset, right? 
And it took me, I can't even tell you how many times a coach has told me good is good enough. And I'm like, no, good is not good enough. Like, I don't even understand, like that doesn't even compute to me. And it's so funny how many times I hear myself now saying that as a coach to people, like good is good enough. Just get it done. Pick a date, go. <laughs> it's time. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing, like I look at it from the standpoint of like a play, right? Like if this is going to be the, the play that gets recorded, that becomes the soundtrack, that becomes the video, that becomes the movie, whatever it's going to be. Like, that's not going to be day one. You know, that's going to be play 150 when everybody's gotten so great at it. But most of what we're doing really is going to be just that random, you know, matinee show. Yes, well, yes, it's a podcast that's there forever or whatever it is along those lines. But like, for the most part, you know, you're not going to do this first collaboration as your $10,000 course that you're selling. You know, you're going to drive around a lot of these things. But also, even if you are, I still think that good is good enough because people relate and people, what's the word that I'm looking for? My brain doesn't work sometimes when I'm looking for, for words, but they, they really respond to authenticity, right? Uh, yeah. So if you're, if you're trying to record something and you're trying to get it perfect, I think you're going to lose sales, right? So, and that was where I got stuck, right? I was so scared to do lives and so scared to go on podcasts and so scared to go on these national news places that I started to go on because I'm like, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I get the law wrong? What if all of this stuff? And then I started watching things and I'm like, that attorney didn't say the word. That is not what the law says. And then I'm like, what am I so worried about? People are on there all the time. Like, but so it's, it's the authenticity. It's, it is the screwing up. It is stumbling over your words. It is, you know, just forgetting words that are coming to your head. Like, you know, what happens to me because people really respond and relate to the rawness and the authenticity, not the perfectionist. Yeah. And, and in the, you know, look, we're in 24 hour news cycles, right? So out of the hundreds of thousands of hours of radio and television and whatnot, like how many incidents go viral for a bad reason, you know, one, two, 10, you know, whatever it is along those lines. And usually, you know, the ones that go viral is like the crazy person who tied their boat to two palm trees when there's a hurricane coming or, you know, whatever it is along those lines, like you knew going in, this was, you know, this was going to be crazy. It's not normally the professional who, happens to trip over their words once or twice. Right. So I love that. Um, what other what other guidance, insight, wisdom do you have on this? I mean, we've we've got it scheduled, we're working backwards, we've got our outcomes, you know, and and then what? Um, I think it's again just don't overthink it. You know, it's when I'm putting stuff together, like I have a weekly show that I do with somebody um, every single Tuesday. And, and I've had multiple weekly shows that I've done with multiple people. So if anybody's seen on my page, you see that I do them multiple with multiple people. And it's it's literally just don't overthink it. I, we have a shared Google sheet where we just have a brainstorm of ideas, right? Like here's some ideas of topics that we can talk about for this weekly show. And we pop onto the Zoom link five or 10 minutes early and go, what's the three points that we want to make on this topic? Let's make sure we hit those three points. But then it's just let's talk and let's keep it casual and let's be relatable and let's be authentic. And that's really just, so you don't have to overthink it. You don't have to be in that. I've got to have everything planned out and everything typed out and the script made because people just want to see the real. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I know like you always, I always talk to people that do these things. And a lot of them are like, do I need improv lessons? And I'm like, no, it's not really improv. Like it's just, you're sharing your life. You know, you're answering a, you're genuinely answering a question that you've probably been asked a hundred times and it's okay to have, you know, a slightly different answer or, you know, whatever you happen to have going on that day, did that be the example that you use or, or whatnot along those lines? So yeah, no, I'm i uh, I've never had the problem of overthinking anything in my life, but so I'm right there with you. 
All right. So um, as we get towards the end, you know, any other things that you want to make sure that we cover? Um, I think that we've covered just about everything as far as I as far as it relates to ecosystem merging and those collaborative speaking engagements and just just getting out there and doing it. Don't be afraid. Reach out to people because just like you said, Jordan, they are going to be just as excited that you've asked to come on as they are going to, you know, as they're going to be to have you come on there as you're going to be to be on there. And just, you know, just get up there and do it. Know that you have value to bring and just go out there and share what you have to share. All right. So um, Breezy just dropped the Clubhouse link. That's for our Thursday at 530 Clubhouses. What other weekly shows do you have going on and how else can people stay in touch with you? So I actually do um, daily Facebook Lives on my page. Um, so if you are, I don't know if I'm tagged, I haven't went on Facebook to see if I'm on there or not, but um, so Siobhan Saffles Oliveira is where you can find me. And um, so I actually go on there every single day live for my show, Logically Speaking, where I am dropping some Florida law tips and things on that. I do a weekly show every Tuesday at 5.30 with Nancy Benitez, who is also a relationship coach. And uh, so we bring some of the relationship and divorce coaching to you. I do a weekly show every Wednesday at 5.30, The Real Raw Open, where we have business owners come on where they are real and vulnerable. And we learn how influence is a superpower and how we can increase our influence skills uh, with people that we are trying to bring value to. And um, I had some other ones, but they are kind of on pause right now. But so otherwise, just like for me daily, but that's where you can find me predominantly is on Facebook. Um, I have an Instagram and a LinkedIn page. And of course, my website, oliveralaw.com. And so just to give you an extra shout out from a from a dad joke lover to a, a good pun lover or whatever, whatever you want to call yourself. The so logically speaking is L A W G I C. Uh huh. A L L. Yep. Logic. So I just I I saw the I saw that I'm one of the first ones that you posted and I was just like oh my god what a great name and I've never heard that one before as much as you get all the lawyer puns. So I think that's fantastic. All right. Thanks. So I was pretty I, proud when I came up with it. I'm like wow that's one of the few brilliant ideas I've had. So. Hey, it just, it only takes one or two, right? It only takes one or two. Yeah. All right. So our next episode will be on Thursday. Uh, Rebecca Bonington is going to be on to talk about how to build a world-class law firm. That will be on Thursday at 1.30 Eastern time. Rebecca will be joining us from uh, across the pond in the UK. Fantastic. All right. And so now... Siobhan, before I let you go, I want that one last diamond, golden nugget, diamond piece of wisdom. If somebody's been listening to this podcast or Facebook live show, depending upon how they're engaging our, with our content for the last 35, 40 minutes, and they remember nothing, what is the biggest takeaway? What is the most important thing? What is the true tip to become the exhibit A of a successful attorney? Hmm. As far as what we've been talking about on that tip, it's it's just the, the pick a date and go. Stop planning. You don't need any more planning. Just go and get it. All done. right. And then putting that aside, just not worried about ecosystem merger, just the biggest piece of advice you want to give to as many attorneys as possible so that they can be successful and happy and well-adjusted, it would be? Mm. So it would be to work on those skills of the influence and the report building and the compassion 
and really being able to listen to your clients. As attorneys, we like to talk a lot and hear ourselves talk and our clients just wanna be heard. So remembering that your clients want to be seen and heard and understood and that what they say matters, just remembering that and listening to your clients. And that is such a strong point because I, I've not, not that I necessarily have been thinking about your specific answer, but I've been thinking about exactly why you, like what you frame there. Because like there is so much content out there. We have access to Google with the answer to every question that any person has ever had. And so like I find myself thinking like what's the most important thing to focus on? And I think what you said is totally dead on. Like the, that influence, those soft skills, the listening stuff, like that's what you need in the moment. That's what you need in that second. You know, business decisions and long-term, you know, the big question and answers, you can Google, you can think, you can meditate on, you can, you know, sleep on it. But what you talked about, I find to be some of the most important things because it has to be like in that snap, in that moment, during that conversation, during trial, during that witness's testimony, you know, whatever it is along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Wonderful. Then uh, with that, if people want to hear more from Siobhan, you've got the Siobhan Oliveira Speaks Facebook link that we have here, as well as uh, this Thursday, every Thursday, 530 Eastern on Clubhouse. We'll be chatting about different things to help build and grow a great law firm. Okay. Thank you for being here. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of Successful Attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.